0: It's one o'clock, I'm Judd Boas. The headlines, the MTR comes under renewed scrutiny after it admits to yet another problem at the exhibition station on the troubled Shah-Tinda Central link. The airport authority is accused of breaching its own security rules to help a VIP passenger. An expert says the government is wasting public money with a proposed footbridge in Yuen Long and the US quits a key United Nations human rights body. The MTR is in the firing line again after a report of yet another problem at the Exhibition Centre Station, which is part of the troubled Shatin to Central Link. The station was already under scrutiny after the contractor in charge failed to put in sufficient supporting steel structures during excavation work. Speaking on a radio program, the railway company's projects director, Phil Philco Wong, confirmed problems with two walls at Exhibition Station and says the MTR ordered the contractor to fix it in mid-2016. However, Civic Party lawmaker Tanya Chan says the government must have known about this earlier and asked why it hasn't been made public. The contractor needs to do some remedial measures and need to get approval from the buildings department. So obviously, the government should learn about this very important defects. However, the government has not told the public regarding this very important issue. You can see that the whole system now, I would say, is collapsed. The contractor won't report to the MTRC and the MTRC won't report to the government and the government uh, also did not report such an important incident to the public. Transport Secretary Frank Chan says the MTR should have done better in reporting incidents of substandard construction work. He says all staff have a duty to report incidents to their seniors and the MTR should inform the government when the issues are of public interest or involve the work's progress or financial discrepancies. He says the government is disappointed that this has not been the case and warned that it would take further, if necessary, action. In respect of the responsibility of MTRC, I do think that they do have a duty of care to ensure all projects are being carried out in a professional
1: and safe manner. And with due respect, I would expect them to exercise their due diligence to ensure safety and quality of the works under the supervision and management. If there's any suspected
0: criminal act, then we will certainly report to the law enforcement agent to follow and this is for sure. Earlier, an engineer says it's alarming that site inspectors at two of the stations on the Shatin to Central Rail Link were aware of construction flaws but failed to act. Albert Lai from the Professional Commons was commenting a day after the MTR Corporation submitted two reports to government about problems at the work sites of Tokwa Wan and exhibition stations. Mr. Lai said he feared a culture of silence existed to cover up and fix problems without notifying authorities station were aware of the problems but they did not report to the management and in fact they did not uh, ask the contractor to take immediate remedial action that is quite alarming because what we are worried about is whether there exists a so-called culture of silence meaning that there is a kind of a general sentiment among the inspectors that if they see problems, they better cover it up and try to um, fix it together with the contractors and not allow the management to be informed. The council representing a flight attendant has told the High Court that all screening of cabin baggage at the airport must be conducted in the passenger's presence. The court today began hearing a judicial review over the handling of a piece of left-behind luggage belonging to former Chief Executive CY Long's daughter two years ago. Lung Chung-yan's carry-on baggage was delivered directly from the departure hall through security to the boarding gate by an airline staffer in March 2016, sparking accusations that airport screening rules were breached in the process. Senior counsel Gladys Lee, who represents the applicant, said the Hong Kong Airport Security Program clearly states that all screening must take place in the passenger's presence and it's clear that the airport authority breached security regulations. An architect has warned that the government will set a bad precedent if it goes ahead with a planned pedestrian footbridge in Yuen Long when there's a cheaper alternative. The $1.7 billion footbridge is aimed at easing congestion. Freddie High from the Hong Kong Institute of Architects says he and three other professional institutes have a proposal that he says achieves the same purpose at half the cost. Mr High said the Secretary for Transport and Housing, Frank Chan, seemed to support their idea when they met yesterday Yesterday, but Mr High says he's unsure what will happen on Friday when the government submits the proposal to LegCo's finance committee. If they approve the 1.7 billion scheme, how would they in the future decline or reject any scheme that is extravagant, unnecessary and not serving the purpose? They are discrediting themselves. The LTHK redevelopment, it was 6 billion. And was considered to be extravagant, but it was millions of square meters of floor areas for a real purpose, to serve real functional needs and the people of Hong Kong. Compared to this footbridge, this footbridge is extravagant. This is extravagant with no purpose and meaning at all. Democratic Party lawmaker Lamchuk Ting has slammed the Urban Renewal Authority over a plan to require future owners of its housing project in Hung Ham to contribute a maintenance fund, saying it may help bid rigging. Around 490 flats offered by the housing project on Ma Tau Y Road are expected to be sold as early as the end of this year, and the authority is proposing that owners contribute annually to a building maintenance fund. But Mr Lam, also a member of the property owners' anti-big rigging alliance, said this arrangement is unusual and ridiculous because these funds are normally set up 30 or 40 years after the flats are built. If the URA set up the maintenance funds too early, and it will uh, induce the big syndicate to uh, target those estates to uh, conduct their uh, big activities as soon as possible. 50,000 civil servants will soon be asked to consider whether they want to keep working until they're 65 instead of leaving when they hit the current retirement age of 60. The Executive Council has approved the move, which applies to those who joined the government between June 2000 and the end of May 2015. Members of the disciplinary services who started their jobs during that period will be given the option of staying on until they are 60 rather than 55. The Civil Service Bureau said in a document to the Legislative Council that it hopes to introduce the delayed retirement option in September and staff will be given two years to make a decision. Seventeen people have been arrested in an anti-crime and anti-illegal worker operation in Shamshui Po. Law enforcement agencies, including police, raided a number of locations, including recycling shops, garages and restaurants yesterday. They say some weapons and drugs were seized. Eleven men and six women were detained for a number of offences, including six non-Chinese people who were not local residents. North Korea's leader, Kim Jong-un, has declared the country's unstinting friendship, unity and cooperation with Beijing during his third visit this year. The visit follows last week's landmark summit with President Trump in Singapore. Official media reports did not say whether a possible easing of sanctions against North Korea was discussed during Mr Kim's two-day visit, which ends today separately afp quoted an unnamed u.s official as saying that north korea may soon return the first out of 200 sets of remains of american soldiers who died during the korean war the official was quoted as saying preparations are underway to receive the remains which could be handed back in the next few days The U.S. has withdrawn from the U.N. Human Rights Council citing concerns about the human rights record of some of its members and excessive criticism of Israel. The U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, said the council was a cesspool of political bias whose members targeted countries with positive human rights records to distract from abuses, including their own. Earlier this year, as it has in previous years the Human Rights Council passed five resolutions against Israel, more than the number passed against North Korea, Iran, and Syria combined. Momentum is growing in the U.S. Congress to pass new legislation that would end the policy of separating migrant children from their parents. Leading Republicans say that when he visited Capitol Hill on Tuesday evening, President Trump indicated his willingness to sign any legislation Congress passes. Here's the BBC's David Willis.
1: The question is, is Donald Trump amenable to legislation that just tackles this one issue, or is he holding out, as he has up to now, for a package of comprehensive immigration reform, the sort of package that also includes a provision, a financial provision, for that wall along the border with Mexico, that uh, key topic uh, of
0: his on the campaign trail. Faced with criticism from home and abroad over images of weeping children in wire cages, many Republicans now want a narrowly focused bill to address that issue. Mitch McConnell is the Senate Republican leader.
1: The president says we need to act. Uh, the Democrats say we need to act, and we say we need to act. So when that happens, we act. And this is the week, I think, when all of us hopefully can come together. All of the members of the Republican conference support plan that keeps families uh, together while their immigration status is determined.
0: The head of Iran's nuclear agency has appealed to the United Nations and European countries to do more to bolster the 2015 nuclear deal. At a meeting in Norway, Ali Akbar Salehi told the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres that the recent US withdrawal from the deal had been destructive, but he said the European Union's proposals to save it were so far not sufficient. The Australian Human Rights Commission is to launch the world's first inquiry into sexual harassment in the workplace. The Sex Discrimination Commissioner, Kate Jenkins, said she wanted the investigation to build on the Me Too movement and help make employment safer. The inquiry will also give practical recommendations for employers. The disgraced former head of world football, Sepp Blatter, has arrived at the World Cup as a guest of President Putin. It was under Blatter's leadership that Russia was awarded the 2018 tournament, but the former FIFA president was subsequently banned from the game for making an illegal payment. Blatter, who has always denied any wrongdoing, told reporters that he was in Moscow to enjoy the football. He's been expected to watch today's game between Portugal and Morocco. In finance, U.S. markets have fallen sharply over fears of an escalating trade war between the world's two biggest economies. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed more than 1% lower, putting it into negative territory for the year. Here's the BBC's Kim Gittleson.
1: For months, U.S. investors have been untroubled by the potential fallout from President Donald Trump's protectionist trade policies. But that seemed to change on Tuesday as U.S. markets absorbed the news that the Trump administration is considering levying tariffs of 10 percent on an additional $2 billion worth of Chinese imports. That brings the proposed total of Chinese goods subject to import tariffs to nearly $450 billion. That's triple the amount the U.S. exported to China last year.
0: A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29,595. That's 127 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $55 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.12 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar 15 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 32 cents. And now to sport, here's Adam Cheung.
1: First to football, the host nation, Russia, are on the verge of reaching the last 16 of the World Cup. They beat Egypt 3-1 for their second win to start the tournament, the BBC's John Bennett reports.
0: Now after two games, they're surely heading for the last 16 for the first time since 1986 and the days of the Soviet Union. As for Egypt, their hero Mohamed Salah scored a consolation goal from the spot, but he still looked troubled by his shoulder injury. For Russia, though, pre-World Cup negativity has disappeared and their party goes on, surely into the second round.
1: Japan got past 10 men Colombia 2-1 in Group H and became the first Asian side to beat a team from South America at a World Cup. Senegal are the first African side to score a win at this year's tournament as they beat Poland 2-1 on a controversial goal. Details from the BBC's Andy Barwell. Senegal defeated Poland by two goals to one in a game of few chances to claim the first win by an African team at the World Cup at this time, although there was just a hint of controversy about their second goal. And by Niang sprinted back onto the field of play after injury and immediately intercepted a back pass from midfield, beating the former Arsenal goalkeeper Wasek Szczesny and Southampton defender Jan Bednarek to the ball. He then slotted it into the empty net to the confusion and disgust of several uh, Poland players who protested in vain to the referee. England's cricketers have recorded the highest one-day international total in history as they crushed Australia by 242 runs to clinch the series at Trent Bridge. The hosts posted 481 for six in their 50-overs. Beating their own record of 444 for three set against Pakistan at the same venue in 2016. Alex Hales hit 147 and Johnny Berstow 139 as England briefly threatened to pose 500 in the third ODI. Australia were bowled out for 239. Victory gave England an unassailable 3-0 lead in the series with two games to play golf legend Peter Thompson has died at age 88. Thompson was the first Australian to win the British Open in 1954 and he went on to win it five times in total, a record match only by the American Tom Watson. Thompson also made his mark on Hong Kong golf both as a player and a course designer. He won the Hong Kong Open title three times in the 1960s, After his playing days ended, he began a second career as a course designer. His Melbourne-based design firm undertook more than 200 projects around the world. The Clearwater Bay golf course is one of his major credits. Thompson had been suffering from Parkinson's disease for more than four years. He died Wednesday morning in his Melbourne home. And that's your
0: look at sports. And that's the news from RTHK.
1: See you I'm over a